Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 1st, 2018, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 66, starting with the second paragraph, and we're going to read through three paragraphs uh, today, and we're going to comment on all three. Today's readers, we have Jody EQ on the 12 steps. Alexis H is going to handle the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text, we have Madeline R and Jeanette S and Susan H. The reference number for Thursday, May 31st, the 7 a.m. reference number is 11,479. That's 11479. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, May 31st, it's 11,481. That's 11481. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. And we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization that I know of. No political movement, no ideology or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. And we like to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose and that is to carry its message to uh, the compulsive reader who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now let's get started with Jody to read the 12 steps. Jody, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovering in California. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Jody. Alexis H., we, I don't know, we have something like 12, 13 traditions. I don't know, 12 traditions, right, Alexis? <laughs> I believe there are only 12. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Alexis H., a compulsive eater in Michigan. And these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating impulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thanks, Alexis. <clears throat> okay, here's how, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic, and this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing uh, what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're do, uh, done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And so today we're gonna to resume our study of the big book. We're currently on page 66, starting with the second paragraph. And uh, Madeline is going to read through three paragraphs, ending with thy will be done, and, and she's going to comment on all three paragraphs. So let me ask Madeline R. to um, begin reading. Madeline, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Can you hear me okay? I can. You're coming through great. Thank you. This is Madeline R., recovered compulsive eater here in Pennsylvania, and I'm grateful to do service. 66, beginning paragraph 2. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. 
They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. We turned back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man, how can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. And Larry, is there a way you can time for me? I'm at a hotel and I don't have all of my tools here. You got it. You have about 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take my three. Thanks so much. Um, I'm grateful to read these paragraphs. And where I started, if we were to live, not survive, not try to make it to my next meal, not try to get my next fix, not to get up in the morning and drag myself through the day, but to live. We had to be free of anger. And of course, this is when I have to do a lot of writing because I'll be honest, I like to sit in it sometimes. But less and less that becomes the issue because I realized it doesn't say, it'd be nice if you were free from anger and it'd be pretty good if you just weren't holding on to resentments. I have to be free from anger if I want to have any kind of a life. The grouch, which I'm sure my husband through the years has known very well, and the brainstorm, the tantrum, the lying on the floor face down, kicking and screaming, it was not for me. People could entertain them. People could have fun with them. Kind of like when you have a little kitten and you play with a little kitten and a little kitten is trying to reach for something or kind of like when you're playing a game and you're thinking about a strategy. That's not for me. I'm not normal men. I don't think about food the way others do. This is poison for me. This is poison for me no more than a whole bag of chips or a half gallon of ice cream with pretzels. This is absolutely poison. Now, when it says, we, so I'm killing myself when I do this, just like I was with the food. And where it reads that, we turn back to the list. Of course, we're talking about our columns. The columns that I made about who I'm resentful at and the cause and how it makes me feel is key to my future. And I am for today willing to look at it from an entirely different angle. I realize that I let people dominate me. I realize. This plate, sort of speak, and keeping the eyes on my own plate. The other key for me was fancy to real. Am I making this stuff in my head because I want people to follow a certain script and they're not? 
And it doesn't say this will make me sick or give me a cold or a little fever or the sniffles. Holding on to these types of feelings will kill me. I like the fact that I'm asked that there's an escape there. Um, I don't. I didn't know at this point in my reading when I first started what that meant. Some days I even put it off. But it says here there is a course that we could take, and there's complete instructions. The people who I feel may have done this to me, or definitely have done this to me, perhaps they have symptoms as I do. Perhaps they are sick like me. And the answer is right there, and I'm just going to end with this. We ask God to help us show them, these people that I think are causing these problems, the same tolerance, pity, and patience. And for me, it would have been easier to say that I would have cheerfully granted my dog, who was very sick recently at 15, and we just lost him. I showed him all kinds of courtesies. I sometimes wouldn't even have shown people. So that is how I need to treat sick people, because that's how I was treated in this program, by people who are trying to help me. So when a person offended, I just say to myself, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to that person? And then turning it totally over to God. Save me from being angry. Your will, not my will. And so these paragraphs show me that the unmanageability in my life, I am powerless over people, places, things, food. I am powerless. And my life is unmanageable. And may I add, by me, and we're getting to the meat and potatoes now that shows us this is where we're going to. We're going to show how. We're going to be told how we need to do this. And every day I could show up for this growth and practice. So I really appreciate being of service, especially with these couple of paragraphs. And I'm looking forward to everybody's share this morning. And I think that's about it for me, Larry. So I'm going to um, pass. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks, Madeline. Okay, we're going to transition to sharing. And um, so this again, we're on page 66 if you're joining us. Madeline started with the second paragraph. She read through three paragraphs on 66. And we're, we're going to take about five or six folks. Who would like to share? Stacey Charles. Rick W. Melissa C. Janice. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. Um, so, uh, and I apologize. I probably missed someone. We'll get you uh, Get you on the bend here. So here's who I here's who I heard: um, Stacy, Charles, Rick, Melissa, Jan, and Matt. And please accept my apologies if I missed you in the in the mix. Stacy, you are getting us started. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much uh, for your service. And this is a uh, powerful for me. It's all powerful. And um, I wanted to just talk about two specific pieces. <clears throat> the first is on 66. Um, and if you could time me, please. Uh, we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us, um, et cetera, and the power to kill actually kill us. And <clears throat> what that means for me today is to, the killing for me is emotional and spiritual. And that's where um, the malady and my character defects and where I know we're not even close to being um, at the 10th step yet um, really helped me. Um, and I had the opportunity to do that with my guide yesterday um, as we still check in. Um, and the emotional and spiritual part of me as I've done my four-step 
is, um, as Harlan and many others will say, will drive me back to the food um, if I don't uh, acknowledge and bring to consciousness um, what really is ailing me. And I'd like to just move to uh, 66. And this is where uh, the sick man, sick man's prayer is when we offended. Um, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. And um, I have said that about myself. Um, and I've said that uh, about others. And finally, uh, sorry, I didn't think I was going to be doing this. Um, at the top, as we started 67, um, I was asked to put the word me um, and not they um, to really make it personal um, so that I could own my part. I could know that not only was somebody else perhaps spiritually sick, but that I am too. And um, with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thanks, Stacy. <clears throat> okay, we have Charles followed by Rick, a true Yankee fan. What's up, Chuck? Hey, what's up, Les? Um, so I, I have to put to bed that Jr. is a bonehead for for us blowing that game last night. I because I, I can go postal at work just for that in, in that state, right? And I like what Stacy said about in that state. Um, it had you know the world dominated my thoughts dominated me. How things should go dominated me. Um, and and, and those thoughts alone will kill me, you know, so, like, um, wow, yeah, like, like, my coworker, right, so, let me, let me, let me take you into my world, a two train just going by, a lot of noise, a lot of music, a lot of things going on, the Cavs lost in overtime, and I, I don't like my coworker or anybody at work, <laughs> so, going into work like that in that state, um, it could be a postal environment. So I, I, I like um, – now, now, for me, I don't talk to anybody at work. I, I, I take calls from my brothers and sisters on the line because they saved me. It just it – just, it works for me. But I want to take you to 77 when it says we go to, the, we go to them in a forgiving spirit um, and our ill feelings, something about our ill feelings. So I may not talk to them but I don't like them, and I'm carrying ill feelings. I'm, I'm confessing today, y'all. I'm carrying ill feelings towards them, um, and I need to turn, over, turn that over to you guys because um, you guys are God with skin on and because those, those ill feelings will kill me, and I, and, and I don't want it, – it's not for them. It's for me because I'm, the, I'm taking the poison, I'm taking the bait, and I'm killing myself, and I don't want to go postal. I don't want nobody to go postal on me. So I want to leave some time on the clock. That's just how we do things today. I love you, Larry. Thank you for your uh, your spirit, and let's go, Cubs. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. I appreciate it. Okay, we got next up. We got Rick followed by Melissa. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Rick W. Pittsburgh, PA. Sorry about the Cavs' loss, man. Hey, um, I uh, I recognize my deep. Uh, want for approval. I hunger for approval, and I put myself in harm's way by disapproving of others and by disapproving therein of myself. 
I just do it constantly, and I have to pay attention to it. Uh, I do it when I watch TV, and I get resentment. Uh, I get really uh, annoyed and frustrated, and my soul gets sour, Larry. My soul gets sour very quickly. It's bitter and sour. And so I just am so uh, grateful for this morning that uh, I can do a deep dive into this toxicity that I create in myself. Other people don't do this. And the other thing I'll say is this, that really is I recognize that uh, going to people with a forgiving spirit and um, and seeing people as I really am, a sick person, gives me the grace and the capacity to let go of the judgments that I hold against myself and bring against other people. And I'm so grateful for this step, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Rick. Okay, we have Melissa next, followed by Jan. Hey, Melissa, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Um, I, I hope that you don't lose me. If, if you do, I apologize. I might be having some problems with my cell service, but this Melissa. We know recovered. where to. We know where to find you, Melissa. <laughs> if I if I drop the call, can I can I take the next one because I'm uh, I yeah. think I really am going to disappear. You know, what, I am going to pass if you don't mind. If that if that's okay. That's okay. Well, yeah, no worries. Okay. No worries. Thank we'll you. Send out Thanks. A, We'll send out a search party for you. <laughs> All right. We have, okay. Sure. Okay. Hey, Jan, it's your turn, followed by Matt. Jan, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Again, thank you so much for uh, leading our group today, and thank you, everybody on the line. Uh, Jan S., St. Augustine, Florida. Um, I love these pages. These pages are just it's all it's 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 the first time in my clouded stupor of the insanity of this disease that I am really opening up my eyes to who's really responsible <laughs> for all of the crazy thoughts and the judgments and you know all of the things that cloud me and my and my life and will will put me back into that place of needing to seek the ease and comfort that food once brought me and that is because my thinking is has been affected by my addiction not by anybody else's behavior from my past not from any of that stuff it's by my perpetuation of sick thinking and um so I, I, I walked around my whole life with a brain that was either the victim or the judge. And either one of those didn't get me anywhere but back to the food. So for today, I also work very hard on um, making statements like, yes, this, this person is, is a sick and suffering person. And I need to show them tolerance, kindness, and love. But you know what? I also have to remember that. Again, I have to remember that for myself. I am never going to be anything but a finite human being. And that's a blessing today and not a defect of character. 
being a finite human being is exactly what God created me to be. And that's okay with me today. So I've learned to forgive myself too. And I learned, forgive me for I do not know what I'm doing right now. And I am breaking out in a rash of insanity, in a rash of resentment, in a rash of control, whatever it may be. And that's when I need to take my step back, take my 10th step inventory, and ask God to remove from me the things that block me from his will and the sunshine of the spirit so that I can be of service to him and the people in my life, whether they're work, whether they're family, no matter who they are, person in line at the grocery store, it doesn't matter. And it's not like I live in a state of euphoria. It's, it's just that I understand that I am no longer in charge I am the agent. He is the principal. I am the child. He is the father. And you know what? There's a little bit of bad in the worst of us and a little bit of good in the best of us. So you know what? We're all just growing. And my, I have to keep my, my, my magnificent, magnifying mind off of other people and keep, keep the focus on how I am choosing to live my life today. So I turn over my will. I ask God to guide my thoughts and my actions every day and to remove from me those things which would get in the way of what I can do, be of service to him and to others. And, you know, life, you know, they talk about this, life life never got so good. You know, I thought eating was the easier, softer way, but it was never the easier, softer way. This program for me, despite the work it takes, is the easier, softer way. And I have become a softer woman. I have become an easier going human being. I have become the things and the person and the traits that God blessed me with when I came to this world. So one day at a time, we just keep showing up and suiting up and doing the work doing the work. That's my key every day. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Jan. Hey, Matt, before we get to you, let me, let me see if I can find Melissa. Hold on a second here. Hey, Melissa, are you out of that tunnel yet? Or are you? Hi, I'm here. There you are. Can you hear me? You. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That worked out perfect. Um, it's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I, I love for me, this always goes back to step one because it clearly says normal men. This is a dubious luxury, you know, a, a complete luxury, something um, that's uh, not essential, you know, and it's, it's a non-essential, expensive, you know, a thing that normal people can have, just like a dessert, you know, non-essential. I don't need it um, and I can't afford it. And so, you know, the price for me is way too high. It's my life. You know, that's the cost. If I hang on to resentment, if I hang on to my being right and anger um, and sadness, all of it, um, I will die. I will go back to the food and to eat and to die. And, um, you know, I love um, that sick man's prayer. And it really, you know, I was directed, uh, you know, to say it when you have a resentment, you say it, you know, for that person every day for two weeks, um, 
even if you don't mean it, say go ahead and say it anyway. And um, it really helps, you know. And what I've come to see is that the people um, and the situations that cause me so much angst are actually a blessing, you know, because they bring me closer to God. They actually force me to reach out to a power greater than myself. And every time I do that, you know, I'm incredibly blessed. And so when I say the sick man's prayer for people and I ask them to have everything I want for myself, um, I get real quiet and I think about what it is I want for myself, the non-essential things, not the luxury things, but the real heart of what I want for myself. And it's, you know, it's the basics. It's love. It's it's safety. It's purpose. Um, and I can have that, you know. And then I also, one of the practices I do when I say that is I try to envision these people in their in their most um, fragile state. So I envision them as babies, as children, as infants. And, you know, because they are children of God, just like I am. And when I take that position, they don't own me. I'm not shackled to them. I actually can find that pocket of love and compassion. Um, And then I'm free, you know. And if I live that way, I don't have to eat. Um, Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Hey, Matt, good morning. It's your turn. Matt, we can't hear you. Press star one. I don't think I said anything today, uh, Larry. Well, I wanted to hear your voice anyway, so I'm glad you're here. And have a great day. Sorry, Matt. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let's open it up to, um, to to more shares. Who would like to share? Katie. I heard Katie. Tina E B. Tina Elizabeth D. I'm going to stop it there. Let me tell you who I have. So if everyone can mute their their phone, and I'll give you the lineup here, because it's a pretty darn impressive lineup. Starting with Katie, then Russ, Tina, Nessa, Julie, and Elizabeth, and I apologize if I missed you. Katie, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Katie, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. The most important thing for me about the sick man's prayer that I missed for a very long time was that they, like ourselves, were sick too. And the entire point, the entire shift of my inventory work was to stop looking at other people, to stop identifying other people's sicknesses, to stop thinking about other people and what they should do, to stop controlling them and being their victim, but to say, really, I am a sick woman. I am a sick woman. God, change my thinking. Help me. How can I be of service? to this person? Um, How can I not be disturbed? How can I not be judgmental? Because the judgments and the I know guy, that is what kills me each and every time. And that's all I got to say. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. All right, we got Russ followed by Tina, our Philly brother. Russ, good morning. Hey, Laugh, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, fellows. Russ M. 
recover compulsive overeater outside of Philly. So if we were to live, we had to be free of anger. And it for so long, anger just robbed me of my effectiveness, being able to help people. And, you know, it, it fertilized resentment. And um, it just robbed time from me, you know. And it, it, the, the kicker of the whole thing is is that those that I resented, those that I was angry angry with, were the situation. Most of the time, I set that up by not having proper boundaries, and they didn't care. They didn't care, so they weren't you know they weren't wasting time worrying about me. Um, and that thing about you know normal people, you know the dubious luxury of normal men. How come uh, certain situations don't affect other people? I things that. Uh, People can let roll off their back. I would be freaking out and losing my mind. Why? Because I'm not normal. My mind is not right. Uh, I'm not having an alcoholic mind, and it's self-centered, egotistical, and narcissistic. So I'm only looking at myself. I got to be the victim the whole time. And you know, if it, if it's not for uh, learning this program, working working through these steps, getting through these resentments, fears, sex, the inventory process. I wouldn't be able to see that. And it's like I lived my whole life that way. And now I, you become free. You're able to become free through this. And, it, I, I mean, there's times that I was debilitated with anger where I wanted to really hurt someone. Like, and, and that's just not a healthy thing when it, when it robs you of your energy and your, your concentration and your mind. But through, through, through these steps, through this program, you know, you can be you can be free. I know I, I beat that beat the dead horse. You know, I beat the dead horse, but it's so true. And it's you know, our our minds is our our mind is a terrible thing to waste. You know, so we have to develop it. And the more we work the steps, the closer we come to God, and the better our thinking becomes. And that's how you live free. So that's all I got. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Love you. Hey, Russ, thanks so much. All right, now batting from Florida, Tina, followed by Nessa. Tina, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thanks so much for your service. You're a pleasure for sure. Uh, Tina asked recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida and, you know, heard some really, really great things. And I'm, I'm glad to be uh, having a seat in this meeting today. And, you know, this, it, this is another part of the big book where I was told that this is the good news and the bad news. If I want to be free. Now, if I don't want to, I don't have to do anything. But if I want to, you know, if I want to live rather, you know, and be free of this uh, obsession and compulsion and, and food and food misery, you know, then there are certain things that I had to do, you know, and that the people certainly dominated me. And I loved what was just shared. You know, I make decisions based on self that they dominate me for sure, you know, because I'm not getting what I want and I'm trying to from them. And, you know, one of the things that I also like that I heard again, and I, you know, and I am one among many that, you know, I thought this just applied to you. You know, perhaps they're spiritually sick. You know, I, I skipped the next line like us. You know, I did that for a long time, you know, and, and it was okay because it worked for a while. But the freedom I got that came about when I said perhaps they're spiritually sick like myself, then I had a little bit of compassion, you know, and, uh, and that was even the good news for me, that I was able to have some compassion, you know, towards myself and others. And, you know, and I was told, you know, to do this, say this prayer for each person on my uh, list, 
until I meant it, and then check them off. You know, and and I am of the of the belief that we're acting as if here because I did it and didn't want you know didn't mean it for a lot of the people, but over time I meant it. You know, and that's where the freedom came in. You know, where I looked at people as as sick people. You know, like I did, and I love the woman that talked about the dog because I can relate to you know if if it were about my dogs more than people, you know, I could have that compassion. And uh, you know, that's what happens one day at a time. If I trust in a power greater than myself and I do this deal, then I get it. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina. Okay, we have um, our Canadian friend followed by Julie. Good morning, Nessa. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, step four is the beginning of the inventory process. I'm here to clean up my side of the street. And in step four, the aim is to identify my defects of character, which are blocking me from God, how I'm being selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and fearful, because they block me um, from my real solution, which which is a higher power. And this paragraph is instructing me to remove the focus from the other people and what they have done and put the focus back on me where it belongs. You know, and it makes sense, right? Because I cannot control other people. I can only control myself. I cannot make other people change to suit me. Um, You know, these, these paragraphs are also telling me that I have to let go of being right. It is irrelevant as far as the inventory process is concerned, whether I am right or not. And I know for me, when I have a deep-seated resentment, a resentment that just will not go away, it's because I am entrenched in the fact that I am right. And I might be right, you know, but, you know, most of the time, right and happy are mutually exclusive. And so I can hold on to my my being right and continue to be miserable. I mean, that's that's my prerogative. Uh, but I don't want to be miserable anymore. I want to be happy. I need to let go. I need to let go of being right. And I need to focus instead on me. I mean, I am the common denominator. You know, I can't even remember how many pages I had in the very, very first step four. You know, but um, one thing is for sure, I, I am the, the, the common denominator. You know, and if I stay in in the blame, which is essentially what um, you know, being focused on how right I am is, then I am abdicating responsibility for my life. I'm saying, you know, people, my life is in your hands because you have done this and you continue doing it, and you don't change, and my life is gonna suck. Um, you know, and that's not that's not what I want. That's not what God wants from me. I need to take responsibility. And the only way to take responsibility is to put the focus back where it belongs, which is on me. And that's why Bill designed this step in, in, in columns, in four columns, to move us away from the people who were mad at in column one and move uh, gradually towards column four, which is, you know, how did I bring this about? How did this bring um, this on to myself? So um, I, uh, I am choosing to be happy. I'm choosing to stay happy. And so, um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nessa. Okay, we have Julie followed by Elizabeth. Good morning, Julie. 
Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered by the grace of God in Colorado. And uh, I'm so glad to get to share on these words that were so life-changing for me. Not, not for me, the grouch or the brainstorm. These are the dubious luxury of normal men. For me, they're poison. Um, for me, the brainstorm is that gerbil wheel, that gerbil on the gerbil wheel in my head, where I would constantly rehearse things over and over and over again, as if going over my fears of the future or resentments of the past or harm, uh, fancied or real, real or imagined, going over them as if that would give me control uh, over what I saw as, as the world affecting me. It's like all my nerves were on the outside and I was living life from the outside in and other people truly did dominate me. Now this gives me an invitation to live from the inside out. A newcomer asked me recently, do you really have neutrality towards the food? I was able to gratefully answer yes, but more than that, I have neutrality towards other people and places and things uh, in my life that those things would be neutral for me because other people are not where I start. I start with God who removes my anger, who shows me God's will, which is always better than mine, and uh, shows me how to be helpful, shows me how to see that these people are just like me. And so then I can come back to me and be (laughs) working for my employer leaning in close to God and being who God has created me to be. And it took a while to find a God who could love and protect me as my care and protection, as the big book says, as my barrier and my buffer and my shield so that I could be protected from this life that's lived from the outside in and lived from the inside out. If you're still suffering, hang in there. Blessings. Thanks for your service. Thanks so much, Julie. Elizabeth, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Thank you, Larry, for your service. My name is Elizabeth D. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in the Boston area. Um, This this was life-changing for me. Um, The line, um, this is a sick man. Uh, How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. I needed to have a complete revolution in my thinking, and it took a long time, but the steps really worked for me. Um, One of the things that was so perplexing to me is how do I, I mean, I, I, in a relationship, I was, was abused, um, in, in a relationship uh, at, at one point in my adult life. And um, it, it was incredibly painful and uh, had some very dire consequences, potential dire consequences for me. And for years I held on to the, the anger toward this man who had abused me. And um, by working the steps, and I'll boil this right down, I was able, with the help of my higher power and being entirely abstinent, I was able to say over time, this is a sick man, how can I be helpful to him? And the answer to that question, how can I be helpful to him? The answer is, steer clear. 
of him. Don't go back to him. Don't pander to his weakness. Put your life in God's hands and stay away from the abuser. Or, I know that this, this, you know, for a lot of people, there is abuse in their childhood, and I don't want to speak for that because I didn't have it. But the point of it is that, of, that I'm trying to make for myself is that, that even, this is, not a, this is not excusing bad behavior in other people. This is allowing me to get free of my anger by allowing me to see how I allowed myself to be put in the position to be hurt by this man. And the solution was to get out of the way of bad behavior. How can I be helpful to him? How can I be helpful to the abuser? Get away from the abuser. Because I don't want to be one of the people that's, that he's being allowed to abuse because that abuse that he's doing is hurting him as well. So, you know, we're not, uh, we're not asked here to uh, excuse bad behavior. That's, this is just my opinion. We're asked to focus on ourselves and, and um, seek the spirit of forgiveness and light that will relieve us from the anger, that relieve me from the anger that is keeping me blocked from my higher power and keeping me from the freedom and the happiness and the peace that my higher power wants for me today. And I'll pass. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate that. Okay, we have time for three more shares. Who would like those? Irene M. Susan and Barbara. Susan and Barbara. Let's stop Jody, there. Thank you. Okay, we're going to stop there. Um, and if we can get to any more, I'll do that. Okay, so we have Arini, Susan, and Barbara. Arini, good morning. Can you hear me? You guys, uh, I can now. Yeah, if everyone oh. else would mute their phone, that would Thank be great. Good morning, Arini. Thank you, Larry. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. Thy will be done. What does that mean? Thy will is, the will is referring to God's way and that I should obey his way and what is pleasing to my creator that made me and that gave me my breath and kept and keeps my, and keeps my heart beating constantly. The whole purpose is to change from self-centered to other-centered. And it's about having a thy will attitude. And this is a prayer. It's a prayer that stays with me throughout the day. Why? Because I need it. I need it because I continually need to be saved for myself. Whether recovered or not, the unmanageability is always there. And it's how I choose to show up. What do I choose to focus on? And I know whatever I choose to focus on has a hold on me. So I continually need to choose to focus on thy will be done, that conscious contact with God, that connection with power. And um, I'm asking for wisdom. You know, I'm asking to do the right thing. And I'm asking to live in the now, in reality, and not in my lives, not in the past, not in the future. I'm practicing humility. I'm practicing to obey. And it's a request. A prayer is a request that I need to set 
myself right to be aligned with God. Ask and it shall be given. And this is all action-based. It's all surrender, um, a continual surrender. And this is how I'm going to change the way I think, act, and feel. How am I practicing step three? I'm starting to replace fear with faith um, so I can be guided by God. It's practicing the principles of steps one, two, and three, honesty, hope, and faith. And now step four, it's courage. It's having an expectation not on others or myself. It's on God. How can I behave? I don't want to get into arguments, so I need a kind and gentle view of them. How can I pause? Just pause and take that breath to see the truth that will set me free. When I'm being disturbed by others, that means there's an automatic disconnect with God. There's also something going on within me. And here is where I get to identify. I get to see who's bothering me, I see S-I-C-K on their forehead. I see the image that I want, that I have of God behind that person, reminding me to identify that he is just as sick as I am. But, oh, my gosh, thank you, God, I have a program. And they don't. And this program is the gift of, of an opportunity for all of us to become what we were all meant to be, happy, peaceful, and loving. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Odini. All right, we have Susan followed by Barbara. Susan, good morning. Good morning. This is Susan H., a recovered compulsive eater in Ohio. Um, these deadly resentments had to be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This really stood out to me, and most of my life was spent struggling to wrest control of eating, of emotions, of people, of situations, and, and failing miserably. I find that I fall into my old pattern, lots of times actually, recalling that I'm turning my will and my life over to the care of my higher power as I understand it, is a good reminder of the futility of bulldozing my way out. Remembering that lack of power has always been my dilemma helps direct me to my higher power for the power to change my life. Sick man's prayer. Um, I'm glad to be talking about this because I, I think I've used it a million times. I have no way of knowing how many times I used it. It has helped me um, not argue not retaliate, not treat my loved ones unkindly. It, it always brings me back to, ah, oh, this, this, this is someone I care about and uh, has probably been my most used prayer. That urge to control and dominate my family sometimes hits me hard. So grateful for the unwavering love and direction that shows me a better way to live. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Susan. Well, hello, Barbara. It's well, so I've nice been to have you back. <laughs> I've been Good waiting morning. to have you sing to me for a long time now. Thank <laughs> you, Larry. You made my day. I had to be free from anger. I had to look at the list from a different angle. My resentments must be mastered. The people who I thought, and this is an important distinction, 
had wronged me were perhaps spiritually sick, but perhaps not. The only thing I know for sure is I am definitely sick. I desperately wanted approval, and I heard judgment and criticism in everything people said or even the way they looked at me. So I created a horribly toxic environment around, around, pardon me, my insecurities. That prayer for the sick man, and also bless them, save me, I knew I had to say. And I had to say this serenity prayer over and over. I had to ask God for help. I had to pray, pause, proceed with caution. Where am I responsible? That dark thundercloud that surrounded my thinking. Um, I had to get rid of that cloud and get towards that sunlight, perhaps the sunlight of the spirit, or I would go back to the comfort of the food. When I changed the way I saw the world, the world around me changed. I have the power over my mind with God's help but not outside events. I can reject my sense of injury and the injury will disappear. Ask God to place me in a place of understanding his will for me. I had to be given the strength to reject that storm cloud and go to a place of sunlight, butterflies, Disney World if you want. I know that's a cue for you to sing, Larry. So I will stop. Have a lovely day. Oh no, we're gonna. Everyone's gonna drop off the line if I start singing here, <laughs> Barbara. Th- hey, Jody, EQ, are you available to uh, saving the best for last? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, How long are. do I have? Good morning. Yeah. Uh, about Just another. A couple minutes. Not a couple hours. A couple hours. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna stand line. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Thank you, everybody. You know, God. If, you know, we need a psychic change here, right? We need to be uh, humorous like Larry. <laughs> That's what I need. I need not to be the grouch or the brainstormer trying to control everybody and get what I think I want. That's what it's all been always been about for me. What does Jody want? And if you're not cooperating with what Jody wants, then... I'm going to be annoyed with you, but I'm not going to act angry. You know, I don't act angry. I don't yell. I don't uh, brainstorm. I'm passive aggressive. I'm going to try to get my way passively aggressively. Uh, so it looks, you know, it looks like I'm I'm peaceful and I'm calm and I'm spiritual. <laughs> But I'm really trying to manipulate manipulate you to get what I want. No, that's not going to work. You know, I have to have a real, true psychic change. I have to turn my will over to the care of my higher power and ask for God's will. And I think that's my two minutes. But, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Jody. Perfect, perfect timing. Okay. Well, Janice, if you can hang out for the second meeting, I sort of heard you <laughs> come in late, but we'd love to hear you in the second hour. Um, so thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
And uh, we're going to now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Let me give you the share ID for today. Share ID is 11,487. That's 11487. And Jeanette, are you available? Yes, I am. There you are. Good morning. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will continually, constantly disclose more to you than to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if, our own, if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.